Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. Before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision and her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Pushkin. Welcome back to Broken Record and part two of our interview with Questlove. I'm Malcolm Gladwell. Rick Rubin and I didn't expect to sit down with Questlove as long as we did, but after he told us in part one about how he wooed D'Angelo into collaborating with him, we just had to have him sit at the drums and show us how he did it. And then the stories kept flowing, including the best Obama story ever. Here's part two of our interview with Questlove. Just a quick note here. You can listen to all of the music mentioned in this episode on our playlist, which you can find a link to in the show notes. For licensing reasons, each time a song is referenced in this episode, you'll hear this sound effect. All right. Enjoy the episode. You mentioned way back when that you played D'Angelo that little bit that lured him in. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you play that? We have a drum set over there. Could you, can you reproduce that? Do you, do you... <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll I'll give you an example. Okay. Is there a drum key though? Yes, there is. Okay, so so the thing is, is that by that point in 1996, I was very guarded of my kind of uh, strict, disciplined, quantized drumming. Because I didn't want anyone to think of The Roots as lesser than a hip-hop group. So for me, I had spent five years to that point being the most disciplined, lifeless drummer. You know, like My version of drumming was just to play the most disciplined, 
no dynamics, no, none of those things. So, um, the difference is in seeing D'Angelo and knowing what language he spoke, I wanted him to know I spoke that language too. Previously, I was speaking the language of hip hop, which was just like, kind of like my version of Thelonious Monk's talking about atonal, like the notes in between the notes. And it's like a broken drum machine. Yes. And the, the worst I played, the more excited he got. And that's the thing, like to do this, like you have to put your ego aside because every drummer was about evil Knievel, like gospel chops. That's the thing with drummers. If you go to gospelchops.com, you'll see some of the most amazing drum players that would put Neil Peart to shame, like that sort of thing. But playing with him, there, there was a song on his first album called Dreamin' Eyes of Mine, in which at the time I asked his producer, uh, Bob Power, did you guys like break the drum machine or something? Because the way that it was programmed, th this is how that song sounded, which made me knew that he spoke that drunk language. His programming was like, which once Bob convinced me like, no, we did that on purpose. Then I was like, uh, okay, I, don't, I, I think you're just saying that. But then once I heard Wu-Tang Clan, in which the RZA sort of does that with his production, but I kind of feel like it's the accidental tourist, like, oh, dog, that's hip-hop. Like, I just, I programmed it offbeat, like, you know, that sort of thing. Once we got to that place and that level, then I just, okay, this, this is the new language. I'm going to throw away everything that my mom and dad put me in school for, and I'm just going to drum like a five-year-old from now on. But really, it's just... Being human, that's that's all I consider it, you know? Wait, were you, when you were playing that way for D'Angelo, so you're he's in the audience and you're watching him while you're doing this? He stood up and pointed. Either he pointed or he gave me like the, 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 the black power fist sign, like, yo! The sentence was, yo, that's my drummer, or that's my brother. Like, yeah. I just, I had to let him know, I get you, I underestimated you, I'm sorry. I'm trying to be down. I speak the same language too. And he he got it. He got it in that moment. Yeah. I yeah. love that so much. I think if you if you didn't have the training that you had in the precision before, you couldn't do the drunk style as, as well as you did. You're right. I don't I think it's I don't recommend people and you know, that's kind of crazy you say that because even now young drummers are on YouTube going to the top of Mount Fuji to learn the fanciest thing. And I tell them all the time, like, you got to go to first grade first. You don't start off getting your doctorate. My dad was a notorious. He loved that whole James Brown, I'm finding you five, ten dollars for that role. You know, my dad's doing oldie stuff. So basically all this stuff is all the same. Like, like he will not, my father did not hesitate ever to just... He wouldn't even look at me. You just look at his right hand, and if he flashed a five, five, 10, 15, 20. That's where I really got my disciplined chops from, not wanting to have my salary at the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for your dad. Yeah, man. After the break, Questlove talks about his tenure at The Tonight Show and how it's improved the roots as a band. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% 
on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with the Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer helped shape the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed The Boar's Nest, Sue's Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, would spur each other on to tap into something bigger, realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Bacharach as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash, alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. We're back with more Questlove. I was talking about playing drums. Can you practice too much? You want to know something? Uh, here's the thing. I don't practice enough. When the Roots first got the Tonight Show, like the first day where we had to sit in front of each other and rehearse, that was one of the hardest musical moments of my life. Like I actually stopped rehearsal after like three minutes and called my manager like, yo, it's kind of weird, man. What do we do? Because literally we've had a relationship as a group for 18 years where it's just like sound check, three hour show. We never rehearsed. So to be facing each other and trying to figure out how to be creative was so hard for like the first two weeks. And then we got over that quickly and then noticed like, oh, we're really good songwriters together. Because previously we were doing the, the White Album thing. Like, okay, here's my song. Uh, let me hear your song. Hey, I got a bridge for that. Let me hear my song. So now like we're writing songs together. But then it's it's also being in those close quarters enabled us to actually be friends again. Great. One of the, one of the weirdest things I saw, we, we opened up for the chili peppers in Italy at a soccer stadium for the 90,000 people. And there was a part after the third song on the show, those four got in a, a magic circle. Like Chad came from behind the drum set and they all came in a magic circle. And I was like, okay, the audience is cheering. And, 
like three minutes and then go back. By the fourth night, I was like, why don't they just have a set list? So I went to Flea and I was like, yo, what do y'all talk about when y'all get in that circle? He's like, oh man, we're just like grateful, man. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, dog, we're just at LA Ben, you know, in front of a soccer stadium of a hundred thousand people, man. I said, oh, you're not talking about the show or anything? He says, nah, man, we're talking about like dinner that night and remember that riff we did in rehearsal? Like we just take three minutes out to be grateful for this moment. So then I went back to my manager. I was like, yo, they're, they're not even talking about anything deep. They're, they, they're just talking about that. And he's like, oh, that makes sense. I was like, that's not silly to you? He's like, well, yeah, they like each other. You guys don't like each other. And that hurt me so bad. I'm like, we like each other. He's like, dude, you have a Slither and a Gryffindor bus. You guys traveled separately. You don't talk to each other. Da, da, da. You got to be friends in order to, to get that sort of magic back. And then seeing them do that, then that really retooled our relationship with each other. And then the third part was that just personal rehearsal time. Like now that we have a, a steady job and I almost feel like I've robbed our fan base for 18 years because I've learned so much in these past 10 years of doing the show that I didn't know. I got, got educated on how to make music, how to be a band, how to be a better musician in these past 10 years that I didn't know between 1992 and 2008, which is weird. Amazing. It's amazing. I'm not giving back it's, refunds it's either. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny when you say that about the Chili Peppers in the circle. It's like you you said they weren't talking about anything important. They were actually talking about the only thing that was important. Had they only been talking about the show, it wouldn't have mattered. You know, they they were interested in something higher. Let's say. yeah. I, I didn't realize it at the Beautiful. time. I get it now, but I I didn't realize that then. Talking about the show, who comes to mind of? a musical artist who's been on the show who completely blew you away and you were, it really caught you by surprise. Unexpected, hands mind-blowing. Hands down, I did not know how powerful Bruce Springsteen was. At the time, I believe he was celebrating the, the anniversary. It wasn't the river, it wasn't Nebraska. Because the night belongs to us. Uh, Incredible. Maybe it was darkness on the, uh, on the edge of town. It was yeah. one of those albums that he was celebrating like the, the 30th, the 35th anniversary release of. He had asked the Roots to kind of amalgamate themselves into the E Street Band. So he had the super group. I mean, we could have just burst off into to orbit. The energy. I've never seen anything like that in my life. And then that night he played the Apollo Theater. He literally climbed the scaffolds, like the wall, like Spider-Man. He climbed up the wall of the Apollo Theater to the, the top tier level. I only seen Fishbone do that, <laughs> like climb. And I was just like, I have no energy. This, I've never seen energy like this in my life. And then watched him at Madison Square Garden two days later. Like I was an honorary East reader for like two weeks. And wow. I was flabbergasted that. All that greatness I'd known about and really didn't investigate and really regret it. But playing with him was amazing. But I mean, every act that's ever been in existence it is such a, a bucket list moment for us. But 
What did you, what did you guys play? Do you remember? Springsteen? We did Because the Night Belongs to Us. And then the second time he came back to the show, we did The Wild, The Innocent, The East Street Shuffle, which he invited all 400 members of the audience to, to, rush, the, to rush the stage. Because why not? It was, oh my, yeah, the NBC security was like, no, but you know, it's the greatest job in the world. And people always ask, like, you tired of it yet? You tired of it yet? I mean, not every day is the 4th of July, but there's a takeaway. There's, there's something exciting and it doesn't even have to be music. I'm doing stuff with Steve Martin and doing sketches with Martin Scorsese. There's always something that's entertaining. Like I realize now, and it's weird, like from the age of two, when my parents kind of be into the music business, every aspect of it, until I became their band leader at 12, I didn't realize that this is the job I've been training for. Like in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm going to start a band and then we're going to win Grammys and play this place and that place and sell out this arena and that. And that's not even half of it. All the knowledge and the wisdom that I have of music gets utilized in the show. So I, I love it. We'll be back with more Questlove after this break. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Willie Nelson. Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer helped shape the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed The Boar's Nest, Sue's Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, would spur each other on to tap into something bigger, realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Bacharach as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash, alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast 
with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. We're back with more from Questlove. How has your taste in music changed from the time you were a little kid? Um, it's, you're wide open. Lately, I've been exploring the stuff I shouldn't have, not shouldn't have been listening to. But it's like, okay, I'm a member of a Columbia House Record Club. Why did I get Debbie Gibson's Out of the Blue album? What, I mean, the critic in me now, like once I discovered Rolling Stone, then suddenly I became like a, a rock snob critic and I know <laughs> buying those record guides and whatnot. But I'm like, yeah, Christine 16 was the first Kiss 45 I ever brought. I love Kiss Meets the Phantom. And then only reading on later that, oh, that that was their jump the shark moment or that sort of thing. And I mean, I know all opinions are subjective critically about acts and whatnot. But as far as like how I listen to it, it's weird now. Like I wish I could, I mean, the way that I'm describing getting an orgasm from music, that excitement. It doesn't happen so much now because, you know, I believe that songs that you consider good, songs that you consider bad, but then there are songs that you know are effective and not effective. And especially as a DJ, that world always conflicts with me. So songs that I wouldn't normally listen to in my spare time, I know are crucial and work for me well at DJ gigs. And then there will be songs that I'll play at a DJ gig in which I know I'm going to lose the audience by more than half. And I'm still committing to it because I feel that. What's a good example of something you? One, I'll never play a root song. And the first time we ever went to North Carolina, like the DJ, like, oh, we got the roots in the house. It was like one clap. And then, <laughs> and then he put the song on and the dance floor absolutely cleared. And, you know, rightfully so, like there's no establishing of the one you can't have any type of funk music or any soul without the establishing of the one. Like we were playing everywhere, but the one it's like, now I'm interested in, in telling stories when I DJ. So I plan these meticulous scientifically proven, it's like a beautiful mind. Like I'm doing these math graphics of the songs in this key and okay, this is E flat. And then the Beatles modulate to D and then I could put human league after that. Da, 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 da. So that's how I craft my DJ gigs. Now to give you an example, I did the gig of my life, a six-hour DJ gig in Central Park for the Hamilton after party for the Tonys. From 11 p.m. till 5 in the morning, I was God. Every song was perfectly segued, was in the right key. It told a story. People would write me letters. Oh, my God, there was a most life-changing display of music. You went from Kermit the Frog to... And I did everything. Anything with music from Benny Goodman on down to Drake. From 1930, I covered it. And they ate it up like nerds. I did the same shit at the White House two days later for Obama's last night in the White House. Oh, that's that famous party. Fail. Oh, yeah, it was. So two hours into it, he taps me on the shoulder. He said, hey, uh, you know, you're doing a good job. I, 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 I love the uh, Donna Summer and the old school hip hop and the jazz. And but, uh, look at them. They, they want to have fun, too. And he's pointing to his kids. They're having a sit-in. They're having a sit-in. And they're just like looking at me like, nah, none of this shit works. And 
ah, man. So then I became the DJ I hated. I'm like Googling, all right, let me go to Spotify, see what kids are listening to, like that sort of thing. So I became that guy, the guy I hate the most. And then suddenly that night became Animal House. Uh Like it was the most debaucherous, the most, I mean, I could describe the Smells Like Teen Spirit video to give you an but it was like that crazy. They consider it the best night they ever had in their lives, and I'm having. A- Isn't there some? The only st- I heard some story, possibly apocryphal, that involves Usher getting into a, getting into it on the dance floor with who? With, okay. who? That, with Barack Obama, like they're <laughs> they're, they're they're dancing, like and he's coming up to me like, uh, play a, uh, do, do you have French Montana? And I was like, sir, uh, I don't have the clean versions of that. He's looking like, uh, we're all adults here. Go go play it. I was like, sir, I'm not going to play Pop That Pussy, bitch. What you working with? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it literally, like, I'm, you listen to that grant. All these presidents are, like, looking at me in the Hall of Presidents, shaking their head, like, I I will say that at one point, like, I was really depressed because I had planned to make my grand statement. They were going to declare a national holiday after me because I'm I'm the (laughs) Feng Shui DJ, like, I knew I was going to get a MacArthur Genius Grant for this shit. <laughs> and uh, at one point, again, I'm like looking on the internet, songs kids like, and Springsteen walks in. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it, it's, you can't imagine a wilder, like think of the Eagles backstage stories. Think of Freddie Mercury's uh, Queen Jazz release album party tales. Think of Animal House. Yeah. Think of like, think of everything. That's how wild that party was. And Springsteen walks in and instantly Patty's like, oh, we're going to party. He pulls him. Mm-mm, oh. And he looks at me. He gives me that look and shakes his head a little bit like, I know you know better than this. <laughs> and I just, I felt ashamed. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. I sold out. Wait, why does the, why does the world's greatest set list not work at the White House? What went wrong? So here were his words. I, I was on the verge of tears because I built this up to be like, this is going to be my grand statement. I've been waiting for eight years to have this moment. And whenever you build something up in your head and it doesn't go out in your favor, okay, you're going to have a panic attack. And I knew I was going to have a panic attack. So I was like trying to exit stage left and get out of there. And he's, no, 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 come back. And you know, they're all like, play more. And I got to go. And, okay, thanks, thanks, thanks. So afterwards... I'm walking. He's like, so you, you have a good time? I was like, yeah. he said, no, you, did you have a good time? I was like, oh. yeah, it was cool. Because then I didn't want to make it about me. This is his last night. It's his night to get loose and everything. Yeah. They're all, everyone's crazy drunk and all this stuff. This was his night. So I was just like, yeah, it was cool. And he's like, what's wrong? I was like, yeah, you don't want to hear it. I'm cool. He said, no, t- tell me. And he's like, all right, let me guess. You, you're, you're like an artist. And uh, you, you, you planned uh, your, your, your grand artistic vision of how you thought the night should go and didn't work out. And you're overthinking it and you're thinking that uh, you know, I sucked. And I was like, well, yeah, yeah. He said, so he tells me a story. He says, he talks about Charleston and the Dylan Roof situation with the massacre. He said he knew that 30 seconds after the shooting happened, that he was going to have to speak at that funeral. So he had crafted, he had instantly knew. It's like, okay, 
I got to craft the speech of my career. This is going to be my profiles and courage. You know, ask not what your country could do. So he says he has the speech of his life, like ready to go. He's been working on it, perfecting it. And he goes down to Charleston, South Carolina. And he knew three minutes into that speech, it wasn't going to work. And so he's like going in his head. He's like, I'm not, I'm not reaching the people. And he's like looking at his people trying to warn him in some sort of baseball signal that I'm going to go rogue and, and freestyle. And they're getting upset. They're like, oh, you're the worst when you go on your own without us approving the script. And he said, some just told me, Barry, start singing Amazing Grace. Then he starts singing Amazing Grace. Incredible yeah. moment. Right. And everything turned around. He says, you know what I did? He said, I served the people. I served the people. I saw that something was wrong. I figured... How can I fix this? I took a moment. I breathed, collected myself, and I served the people. He said, and what you did tonight, you saw that something was a little off, and you served the people. There's honor in that. You did the right thing. We had the time of our lives. You served the people. So you should be proud of yourself. Now, do you feel better? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe you. <laughs> you, you, so, you didn't at, give me any love. As, as the way, no, nah, I mean, it really messed me up. A, a majority of 2016, I rejected like 80% of the gigs. I was, I was depressed. I was just like, if you fail at records, what good is your life? And then that's when I started my thing, like, well, I'm going to stop DJing at nightclubs and just do it for the kids and. Mm-hmm. hopefully when these parents bring their three-year-old kids here they'll see me the same way that i was doing on the block party and oh i want to do that that was my mission but no I, his wife asked me to curate uh her book becoming yeah. and again they asked me to just put like 30 songs together and i wound up putting 1400 1400 songs <laughs> <laughs> they're like amir we didn't ask for the story of my life but we'll take it anyway so you know I, I had to redeem myself. Thanks to Questlove for kicking off our second season. You can go to brokenrecordpodcast.com to hear the songs discussed in this episode and in part one. Broken Record is produced by Justin Richmond and Jason Gambrell with help from Mia Lobel, Jacob Smith, Julia Barton, Jacob Weisberg, and of course, Rick Rubin and Bruce Hedlum. Our Broken Record theme song is by the great Kenny Beats. This show is brought to you by Pushkin Industries. I'm Malcolm Gladwell. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. This is your chance to reignite some old musical passions or pick up an instrument for the first time. Connect with more than 100 of the world's best teachers and musicians. You'll get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just 
$30 a month, less than a single private lesson. I mean, why do we do Broken Record? Not just because we love hearing from great musicians. We do it because we think that there is something beautiful about the appreciation of music. Don't you think we need more of that in our lives these days? That's the mission of Musora, to inspire, educate, and connect musicians. Enjoy unlimited personal support, weekly live streams, student lesson plans. It's like having a personal music teacher, only much, much better. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com, to start a new musical journey today. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there.